Executive Review with Steve Martin. Yes, hello, this is Steve Martin, and we're recording this time in Bush House in central London, the famous home of the BBC World Service all the way back uh, to 1941. But the building is closing as a broadcasting centre this spring when the faders will be pushed closed in the studios for the last time. Yes, the faders here go the, the BBC traditional way round, push to close, pull to open. So let's take some radio friends in there. Uh, Bernard, Chris and Neil are with me and they're all Sony nominated this year. So come on, guys. Here's the door. It's just like the faders, all to open. So uh, here we are inside a room in the basement of Bush House and I'm with Bernard Achenpong, who is a station sound producer at BBC Radio 1 and 1 Extra. I do. And also Chris Howell, producer at 96.4 Eagle Radio and Eagle Extra. Yeah, that's right. Thanks very much. Hello. And uh, Neil Cowling is a senior freelance producer for BBC Cross Trails and he also runs Fresh Air Production and Fresh Air Production Extra. Uh, yeah, well, there will be one, I'm sure, <laughs> sometime. It's all the rage. <laughs> and today, it's a special edition. The reason we're all around the table today is that all three of you have been nominated in this year's Sony Radio Academy Awards for your audio production. So I thought we'd get together and uh, just enjoy the audio. Bernard, you're first. The, it's a, it was an interesting entry because we did kind of submit for Radio 1 and 1 Extra. Um, both stations um, work slightly differently but with the same team of people so it was interesting to get the nomination for one and not the other. The, the Radio 1 Extra sound is very inclusive and we work very collaboratively. Um, this, you know, it's, it's pretty much um, a bit like a shed you go in and go, right, what are we going to do today? Let's just make sure the kids have fun. And that's the ethos of BBC Radio 1 Extra. A new year, a new lineup, two weekdays on BBC Radio 1 Extra. Let the revolution begin. The 1 Extra Breakfast Show. With Twin B. My New Year's revolution is to rise up and wake this nation like never before. At 10 a.m. Strike out against mediocre music. Demand only the best R&B and hip-hop. From one, Gemma Can. My New Year revolution will be to leave no entertainment matter unaddressed. And from four, Westwood. I just like shouting! Revolutionising your weekday. Join us on BBC Radio 1 Extra. Shardy's like a melody in my <laughs> the One Extra Breakfast Show with Twin B. Waking you up since January 2011. Is that right? Yo, Mr. Talay Riley. What's up? That is the freshest talent on the block. I challenge you to tell people about the RB takeover on May the 2nd. Of course. I like a challenge. Bring it on. Let's go. I heard about this day called RB takeover. You're looking for the best, cuz think you need one extra. 24 hours of the finest selections. You don't wanna miss this. Turn your dial and fix it. RB ticked over. Be that business. 24 hours of RB. Every song, every show. The RB Takeover, May the 2nd, on BBC Radio 1 Extra. You're the cutest thing these eyes have seen. Oh, nah. 
So that's Tele Riley, um, one of the hot artists to watch for 2011. Um, and every year we pick a handful of artists who essentially become part of the One Extra family for the year and we follow their progress throughout. Um, so, yeah, examples of just us having fun with what we think. I mean, the level of humour and the level of interaction is really about all about the audience. It's not really about how clever we are as imaging producers. We just get in there and see what, what will work with them. You know, a gag like Westwood saying, I just love shouting. Well, it's universal. <laughs> You can always get a laugh from taking the piss out of Westwood. Of course. <laughs> Most of the time he does it himself. Yeah. So. <laughs> and tell me about the balance of writing to production. How much time do you spend on each element of the production process? We tend to spend a lot more time on writing now with, um, with One Extra. Um, also with Radio One, it's just developing the concept and just seeing how far we can push things on script before we actually start recording. So we come up with the, you know, we have our, our forum of, this trade secrets here, come up with our forum of, of producers around the table and saying, well, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with that campaign? And really throw a lot of things in the pot. Um, I don't think anyone could really take take credit for coming up with anything individually because it, it's all, you know, thrown in and pulled apart. And mm. yeah, it's a really fun way of working. And you're using the talent a lot in the production as well. Yeah. I mean, the talent talent is one of the reasons why the, the listeners come to, to the station. So whether it's using them or referencing them or, or taking the mick out of them, um, involving them in the imaging is, is mm. spot on. What's interesting with One Extra, I think, and, and particularly in the first part of that compilation, is you've got great talent, but, you've, but not just great talent, great talent who you can clearly direct and who clearly understand exactly what you want from them. Um, and who play along and is is that part of is that something you've had to develop or is it just a sort of natural ethos of the station I think it's something that happened when the station um, developed I think um, whether it was constraints of budgets or ways of working there wasn't that hierarchy between talent and production in the early days um, so that ethos has kind of continued throughout so yes, you know we we're really close with the with the talent, the production stuff. Really close with the talent, and you're right, they're they're pretty much up for anything. Chris, you're working at Eagle Radio down in Guildford. Are you listening to stations like One Extra that are you know quite different from your own station sound to get ideas and to hear what the production trends are? Yeah, I think it's really important to listen to um, a massive range of. <clears throat> stuff stuff that i would enjoy or, or, or not so much but um also for different audiences and 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 things like that and often massively surprised by what actually comes out the speakers from uh, from what you might think so for, for one extra for example we said that when we were listening to that you know that the i think sometimes it's quite easy for the perception of stations like that to be really heavily uh, specialist music and for for actually quite minority and we were saying actually in that in that clip there's such a wide range of stuff and stuff that, we might, that does fit into the bill but not necessarily what people perceive it is quite agree quite agree <laughs> um that's the that's the biggest challenge that one extra has as a station um branding itself i think we've been through three or four iterations of what the actual station strapline is because it's really difficult to get that communication of what is this station about um is it a hip-hop station well i don't really like hip-hop okay is it an r&b station well so it's really getting that message across through the imaging that you know we're, we're just a place where young people hang out and have fun and of course you're up against radio 2 capital network uh, Oxfordshire's Jack and also Kiss, so some tough competition. Kiss, yeah, but as I say, these are stations that we like listening to. Um, personally, there is always something you can you can get from from listening to to some of the other stations, and 
um, most of the guys we we know quite well. So it's it's a lot of fun to to throw pies at each other across the table. <laughs> <laughs> Neil Cowling. I think that, I think what's quite refreshing about that list is that a station like Jack. I think it has quite a lot in common with what Bernard just played, in that it's about the character of the station. It's not about throwing strap, down, strap lines down people's throats all the time. And I, I, I like the idea that one extra goes up against Jack with two, two stations serving completely different audiences, but still with a character and an ambition and a vibe behind them that really feels like people just enjoying themselves. Right. Welcome to another day. Yo. The One Extra Breakfast Show with Twin Beam. Oh, yeah. The 47th most eligible bachelor in the UK. In the UK. Hello, that's Free Hired and Chris Moyles. Yeah. In your face, Moyles. Wow. I want to sing. I want to shout. What's the next audio, Bernard? So the next audio is a campaign I worked on for BBC Radio 3. So that's the completely other end of the scales on the BBC prompt. And it's one of my personal favourites because it's... How to turn a, a challenging visual brief, which I think Neil is familiar with, a challenging visual brief into something that's compelling as audio. You want to say what the top line of the brief is? Um, it's the the visual creative. I think that the line was catch every note. Um, so you have um, great visual of a cityscape of London, loads of musical notes falling down, multicultural Britain grabbing notes literally and stuffing them into their pockets. Now, how you make that work on radio... Let's find out. Yeah, let's find out. Catch every note of the BBC proms on BBC Radio 3, on TV and online. Everyone is invited. And actually, the idea, the idea for the, the promo was sparked from, uh, I think I was 11 or 12 when I was doing my drum lessons. Um, and my drum teacher said, you know, the most impact, you know, you get drum fill-ins and drum solos. And the drum solo with the best impact are the ones which have silence in. Because as soon as you stop... People go, ooh, what's that? It's, it's, you know, it's when you're home and you hear a sound and you listen keenly into the sound. So a lot of that audio, I think you've, you've got 13 seconds of silence in between notes that are scattered and start to build to a familiar tune. And it's actually playing on the intrigue of the audience. Okay, I recognise that's a note. I recognise those two notes. Sounds familiar. It's building together. And by the time you get 15 seconds in, you start to engage them in something that's quite familiar to them. I work with quite a lot of ad agencies and they are often keen to use silence as particularly when you're working something for commercial radio there's that break in the middle of an ad break that stops that barrage of sound that just kind of keeps going um, and sometimes silence is the best way to make an impact there yeah absolutely. if you if you're listening to the radio and suddenly it falls silent you look at the radio don't you or is that just us yeah. as radio people Yes, you do. It grabs your attention. And actually, when, I, when I'm thinking about it now, the, the best use of silence, I always find, is after a gag. So you do, that, you do that gag. And I think a lot of people are very keen to sort of have, a, have the sort of drum roll after a gag or um, something that shouts, hello, you've just heard a joke. Actually, it's better to have a second or a second and a half silence to just let people laugh on their own, actually kind of acknowledge what they've heard 
and then you can kick in. Often you can ruin a gag very quickly by just coming right off the back with something loud, which doesn't give people enough time to actually laugh at it. One of the things that I like to use uh, with science as well is, is how it reflects in how naturally people speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you often will pause when, when, when you're speaking, and I think sometimes when you've got a, a particularly speech-heavy stuff, it can always start to blur together when there's music and lots of talking, and it just kind of helps that pace and makes it easy to understand in many ways. Mm. And the temptation with you know producing with 101 plugins and loads of sound effects is to just throw everything at it and build, build, build. Mm-hmm. And actually, when you take stuff away, you create more impact. We've got one more piece of audio from you, Bernard. What is it? Now, this is the um, this is the new opener for uh, a show that's been running on One Extra called Destination Africa for a while. There is the emergence of the genre, the African music genre of Afrobeats in the UK, which is basically a collection of African music for young people, just brought together under this banner. Um, things like music montages we've been doing for years. However, when you start to work on a brand new genre, it's most like that moment where you hear reggae for the first time and you have to work out how you move to it. In the same way with this, we're getting loads of great new music uh, with the accents in different places. So how do you make something that feels fluid with the music um, as well as, you know, give it a, quite a nice beat-matched journey? Let's go! Destination. Go! Ready. Destination Africa. This is the sound of Africa. Ready. Afro bitch. That is my personal favorite. Destination Africa. Destination Africa. BBC Radio, one extra. So using the um, usual one extra station voices just to keep the continuity across the station, um, we've also got some grabs from uh, Phone Jacker and uh, Debange, who is one of the um, characters, the biggest artist in, in the Afrobeat scene, but one of the characters as well. Um, really just working on that, that, that whole character of it. Um, the whole African music scene is very much, it's almost a pantomime in the way that it's, there's, you know, you can really never take anyone too seriously mm. in that scene because it's really friendly, it's really outlandish and we wanted to kind of mirror some of that with the imaging as well. And last time you and I met, Bernard, we, we bumped into each other in Accra in That's Ghana right. and, you know, you go, to the, you go to the gigs in the evening and they are really informal there's just a band set up in the corner no one really minds how good it is they're just out to have a good time exactly it was pretty much that that's what it is with an african culture there isn't a break for music it's parts and parcel of everything that you do so it's conversational as well as it's eventful it's it's slow as well as it's quick it's deep as well as it's light and frivolous and being able to capture that in a way there there is no such thing as now is the music bit. It's it's all music. It's all lyrical. And Afrobeats is rising in the UK. Afrobeats is is risen in the UK. Um, it's it's incredible how um, it's taken up in the UK. Recently um, delivered doc- a documentary for Ra- Radio One Extra about some of the influences, and it's a number of things. Firstly, um, identity of the British-born Africans now, with uh, the likes of people like Tiny Temper and Estelle, um, who are making the you know top. 
top, well, I was going to say top 40, but top 10, um, we've got the young Africans have new role models. As well as that, there's a lot of development in Africa. So young people are going over to Africa and finding out, actually, I'm getting picked up by my uncle in a Mercedes Benz and a BMW. And as opposed to, you know, the stories that you've had from, you know, years of seeing, you know, comic relief and uh, live aid type images, which painted a different picture of Africa. So that exuberance has, has kind of... Um, just met with the music now. So hip-hop and R&B is, is being mashed together with traditional African languages and African style and, and dialect, and it's, it's just blowing up. Well, if you're an African radio, I know we have a lot of listeners in Africa to the podcast, and uh, you'd like to comment on what you heard as the sound of Afrobeats in the UK, then do get in touch. Steve at earshotcreative.com. Steve at earshotcreative.com is a good way to find us, and our website, earshotcreative.com, always there uh, for you. Bernard, we're going to hear some of your musical inspiration a little bit later, but for now, thank you, and congratulations for your Sony nomination. Great radio production and the people who make it. The Earshot Creative Review, sponsored by Hobson's. It is a Sony nominee special at the Earshot Creative Review. We're sponsored by Hobson's, and I'm here with Bernard Ashenpong from Radio One and One Extra, Neil Cowling from BBC Cross Trails, and Fresh Air Production, his own company, and Chris Howell from 96.4 Eagle Radio and Eagle Extra. Thank you for coming up from Guildford. That's quite all right. Tell me about Eagle Extra. It's uh, one of the UK's newest stations. Yeah, that's right. Um, sort of uh, launched uh, a week or so ago now. And um, we had a sister station called uh, County Sound Radio, which I know you know well, Steve, um, uh, which uh, was broadcasting on AM. And as um, sort of part of the business development, we've rebranded that station uh, to be Eagle Extra, to have kind of the one brand in our area. It's a bit of an experiment and a bit of a organic kind of growth to the station. And, and our aim is... Um, to support some of the deeper work that Eagle Radio as a business does, that um, we do a lot with working in kind of education and working with um, corporate communication and also with um, different community groups and uh, kind of giving some of those things a platform that wouldn't necessarily fit onto uh, the FM frequency. Excellent. Well, let's hear some of the imaging uh, that you've produced before we go to your Sony-nominated work. Just tell me what we're hearing uh, here from Eagle Extra. It's been quite kind of limited in terms of um, production and, and some of the key things that we've tried to do is first of all to to tie it in with the um, Eagle Radio brand uh, much better and also just to try and, and set out some of the point of difference and give people a f- um, the chance to kind of uh, understand a bit more about what this Eagle Extra is supposed to be about. And now from the makers of Eagle Radio, bringing you something a little extra. This is Eagle Extra. Eagle Extra. This is Eagle Extra. Eagle Extra. For more about this exciting new radio station, go to eagleextra.co.uk. Online, on mobile phone app, and on 1566 medium wave. From the makers of Eagle Radio, this is Eagle Extra. And the makers of Eagle Radio being UKRD Group, apparently the best place in the world ever to work. Yeah, something like that. That's, that sounds about right. <laughs> Does it feel like that every day? Uh, yeah, it can do. I mean, the thing, you know, one of the things which, 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 particularly from our point of view as working there, that does make it stand out as a company is because of the sort of ethos and the way how we work allows us to go and do these kind of things and 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 be able to set up a station to to kind of uh, run with some new ideas that we're having. Um, and you know, it hasn't always always been easy, but but we really see the potential of kind of some of the work we're doing can 
can, can really add to the business and try and make it viable as well. Um, and you know that does kind of lead on quite nicely to the Sony entry uh, and how this kind of came about was we. Um, we were approached by Sorry Police, which is one of our local clients, and they said they had um, they wanted to launch a campaign to try and raise awareness about car crime in the area. So they came to us with this and said, and said they wanted to do an air, airtime campaign, and we said, well, you've done that for the past few years, and, and let's try something different. We've been working with um, some young offenders, one of whom is an ex-car thief, and he would like to be involved. And so we said, well, what we'll do is we'll walk around some car parks in Surrey with... Uh, uh, with this young man and uh, get him to tell us what he's looking for when he's out breaking into cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we produced a video of that um, and then the campaign was a mixture of the video plus the airtime which we used his interviews on to kind of illustrate that point. The person you're about to hear is not an actor. He's a former car thief. I've had a brand new Range Rover with the keys in ignition. I'm going to leave it, am I? <laughs> Don't make it easy for thieves. Watch the video at surrey.police.uk. Surrey Police, with you making Surrey safer. The person you're about to hear is not an actor. He's a former car thief. Glasses on the dash, I'd go straight in there because I'd think they're unsafe people. I've watched them cry. Bad, isn't it? It's not nice, is it? Don't make it easy for thieves. Watch the video at surrey.police.uk. Surrey Police, with you making Surrey safer. The person you're about to hear... He's not an actor. He's a former car thief. If I walked up to a car and it was locked and then I looked in it and the car was completely clean inside, I wouldn't even think about getting in it. Don't make it easy for thieves. Watch the video at surrey.police.uk. Surrey Police. With you, making Surrey safer. And it's all about the idea, not about the production. Yeah, that's exactly right, because... Um, we kind of came up with the concept and um, we knew from the beginning that was such a strong idea that it, it, it didn't really need anything else. It could have had some scary tension beds underneath it or something, but we felt that it was actually stronger, it was just pure concept. Um, uh, and I think that that's what makes it stand out so much. That's fascinating because I think that's full of temptations. What you've, what you've made is a really tight, really clean promotion that um, says all you need it to say without, as you say, putting extra stuff underneath it, or without going on too long. You must have been tempted to have 20 seconds of him talking. Did you? I mean, Yeah, that- yeah, no, we did. I mean, it was, it, it was difficult because we did two things. We filmed him doing the video, and the final video was about 90 seconds. Um, and, then we, and then we just talked to him in the studio and got, and got, and got him to tell you know, some of his experiences. And, um, yeah, I mean, we got about 20 minutes' worth of audio. Um, out of the whole thing and it was a case of listening to it and thinking what is the strongest point point? Uh, and I mean in just those three clips we heard I mean we had ten adverts in rotation across the campaign plus the video but in those three you sum up the campaign almost perfectly The beauty of the campaign is it's unprecedented access into the mind of a criminal you know if you've ever been a victim of anything like this the first thing that goes through your mind is why? why? what would possibly possess someone to attack me? and then he tells you you, you can't get better than that and it's a tough old category because you're up against uh you're up against the whole radio advertising bureau and um talk sport and two entries from some organization called fresh air production that's um, what we're here for to suss each other out <laughs> <laughs> eagle radio hasn't hasn't entered many sony's in 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 kind of recent years and of course we didn't set out making this campaign with the intention of entering it for sony but when it went when it gone out when we've seen the reaction it got um 
because I'm sure you can you imagine that we were delighted it was picked up by a local BBC station who ran it. Um, the local, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, no, the local, the local heart. It was up on uh, sort of social media collection sites. It was also even featured on the front page of BBC News when it, when it was picked up as well. Um, uh, and so the impact that that had was a good start. The reaction we get from listeners, but the, but but the, but the biggest success of the campaign was of course the reaction from the police. And and again, being a public sector campaign, it has to be measured. And um, where they've done these campaigns in the past, the average sort of reduction in car crime was about 6% in the first two weeks after the campaign. And when we finished this campaign, the the first two weeks, the reduction in car crime was about 26%. Wow. There's a massive increase. And, um, uh, and after all that, we could stand back and go, actually, this, was, this is a much more powerful thing than maybe we had thought of to begin with. Well, best of luck in the uh, Sony Radio Academy Awards. Um, you're up against Neil. If, if Neil should win the category, then Neil, I'd be very careful. You check your car on an hourly basis. <laughs> yeah, Find it missing by the morning, you know who to blame. Absolutely. But at least I know if, uh, if Chris wins, I've now heard what it sounds like, and it sounds great. So. The Earshot Creative Review with Hobson's. Hello, I'm Steve Martin. We're sponsored by Hobson's, and I'm here with Bernard Achenpong from Radio 1 and 1 Extra. Chris Howell, you just heard from Eagle Radio and Eagle Extra. And now Neil Cowling, who works with BBC Cross Trails and runs Fresh Air Production. Let's hear the audio you've brought along today. OK, so um, I've, the first one uh, I wanted to play was, as you say, we've got uh, we're very, very lucky this year to have two nominations in this uh, category. Um, the first one is Red Nose Day, which was campaign clearly for comic relief uh, last spring. Coming up with a, a new strap line that, or a, a new campaign that doesn't just say, um, hey, let's raise lots of money for comic relief and has a kind of new way of saying it, um, is a yearly challenge. It's been a yearly challenge of mine for a while and this is uh, this is last year's offering. Red Nose Day is back Friday the 18th of March on BBC One. We're the Parents Allows Kids Club in Swindon. And we want to raise loads of money for Red Nose Day. So how are we going to do it? You can all get really messy. Very custard pies. Put my brother's head in jelly. Wear pyjamas all day. Put a whippy cushion under the chair. And when they sit on it it'll make a... <laughs> See how many noises you could make in 30 seconds. Yeah! If we raise £40... That could pay for a young carer in the UK to have a day out with other young carers. Get ready for Red Nose Day. For your free fundraising kit, go to bbc.co.uk slash rednoseday. So that's the first part. Essentially, um, what we decided to do was to show people how much fun they could have raising money. So rather than just... Again, there's temptation with a charity campaign, any charity campaign, to just bombard people with uh, sympathy messages or reasons why they should raise money, uh, which is all well and good. Um, what this campaign tried to do was to target uh, mums and children to explain that you don't have to just go and stand and with a bucket in a car park. You can have fun, firstly coming up with the idea, and then doing it. So the second part of the campaign is about doing it. Red Nose Day is back, Friday the 18th of March on BBC One. We're the Parents Allow Kids Club in Swindon. We're practising your whoopee cushion challenge to raise loads of money for Red Nose Day. <laughs> We're going to see how many we can do in 30 seconds. I think I'll be really good at this because I've got a big heavy bottom. Oh no, I burst it. For 25 children in Cameroon. To use in school. Get ready for Red Nose Day. For your free fundraising kit, go to bbc.co.uk slash rednoseday. So there's still the explanation at the end there about what the money can do. Um, obviously, that's a very important 
thing to, to, to say and to give people a reason to raise the money. Um, the thing I loved about making it was quite similar to what Chris was talking about just now with the, with the car thief, although clearly those children aren't criminals. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, what I love about it is what still turns me on about radio is that I can sit in a, in a discussion, in a creative discussion... Uh, which has a client and a brief and um, a whole load of calls to action that you need to get out at the end. But I can still say, I'm going to go out with my microphone and get a load of stuff and put it together and trust me, it'll sound great. And if you trust me as a producer and you've heard what I've done previously, then just give me a week and I'll come back and put it together. Kids obviously are a nightmare to direct. Um, Parents are worse um sitting in a classroom and and also you know as you know the 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 skill is to get as you say half an hour of of stuff um pick the best bits and also try and tell a narrative throughout as well Mm. and frankly whoopee cushions are 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 one of the greatest audio devices in the world (laughs) do you ever do that in your tool shed at radio one extra bernard yeah pretty much that trust me i'm a producer kind of ethos (laughs) i think that's going to be a (laughs) t-shirt it's uh you just get a knack of knowing what will work but you're not afraid of going in and saying let's see what happens Mm. and you will immediately hear that that's the 15 seconds i want to base everything around this is the point it's going to build up to and this is how we're going to get out of it It's, it's genius it's great when people when you you make something and you send it off and people just come back to you and say yeah love it because because normally as as everyone knows you make something and then there's a few days of sort of email backwards and forwards about it the only email conversation i had for any length of time about that was how many fart noises we were allowed in 30 seconds (laughs) on the bbc (laughs) what is the official bbc answer um it was essentially not enough to be gratuitous about it but and and of course we never use we never use the word fart it's always i think i think in there they sort of say we're going to work out how many noises we can make in in 30 seconds um but yeah there, there were various iterations of that as the number of fart noises came down and down to a point where everybody was happy <laughs> that's a great bbc story <laughs> uh, yeah actually that's that's one of those challenges that's working around compliance and editorial guidelines um as creative as you want to be you do have to be responsible mm. chris you're a, a commercial radio station but you're doing a lot of community-based broadcasting which has got social consequence yeah definitely i mean again you know, the the car thief one, one was a great example i mean in that kind of half an hour of audio that we got with him there was some stuff we definitely could not use uh, for, for lots of <laughs> legal reasons and I, and, I th- and I think yeah that that's something that only you know as much sort of rules and regulations compliance there is um, uh, experience is, what is, is one of the key things in that um, uh, and you know being able to listen to a whole load of raw recorded audio and think that's the bit we can say and that's the bit we can't say um, uh, just comes with practice and yeah trust Neil, you've been nominated yet again. It's sickening. Uh, You've got another one. (laughs) Um, For the Wimbledon campaign, again for the BBC. Yeah, so Wimbledon is another one of those campaigns. I mean, I've been making cross trails now for 10 years, and um, those campaigns uh, come up every year. You know, every year there is Six Nations, there's Wimbledon, there's Children in Need, there's Current Relief. Uh, Coming up with a fresh way to treat those is a creative challenge. Wimbledon is... um, the most female-skewed sport uh, that what well, sporting event out there really certainly the most female-skewed sporting event that the BBC does. It's also um, ingrained in British culture. You know, it's, it's probably the most English, the most British sporting event uh, that there is as well. Um, 
this last year was the 125th Wimbledon um, so they wanted some way of reflecting that BBC Sport wanted some way of reflecting that um, but again being being fun and and hoping that the, the BBC's reflection of that sport was core to the, the promotion because you can just again with all these sporting events you can say it's a great sporting event that doesn't necessarily say anything about what the BBC brings to it um, so what we did with this was to go back through the decades and we made seven versions each reflecting a different decade of, of Wimbledon well let's hear a couple of those now starting back in the 60s Wimbledon on the BBC serving up decades of greatness Lever smashes a backhand drive by Fraser Lever now a backhand as he comes in 40 13. Princess is now summoning Billie Jean King again. Oh, to have a look at that steel frame racket. Bueno takes it. My golly, what an amazing shot to win the title off. Just went over the net and dropped like a poached egg dead. Wimbledon, the 125th championship start Monday afternoon across the BBC. Wimbledon on the BBC. Serving up decades of greatness. Steffi Graf, queen of Wimbledon. She's in floods of tears, Jana Novotna. Because everybody has a... Andre Agassi wiping away the tears. Henman knows he can do it now. Pete Sampras, six finals, six victories. Wimbledon, the 125th Championship start Monday afternoon across the BBC. You can't go wrong with a bit of nostalgia, can you? No, exactly, and and it's kind of unashamedly nostalgic. And we started with a with a sort of 1930s compilation, which is all. Um, which was uh, oh by golly gosh he's he's got a match point again um that sort of stuff and moving all the way through to uh, a naughty's version which was clearly all about uh, Roger Federer and uh, Rafael Nadal but you find you know every decade has something very special in it what i like about that campaign is really juggling the shorthand being able to quickly say we're in this decade and you you know it doesn't take much explaining much setup and that's one of the tricks of a producer, really being able to capture those really quickly when you have 13 seconds or 30 seconds or 45 seconds, being able to get in very quickly and get the audience along with you. It, it, it's a joy, an absolute joy, to spend a couple of days of going through BBC Archive, picking out great bits um, that nobody else could possibly bring to the table. I was going to ask, how long did it take to make that campaign from beginning to end? Um ages um three months guaranteed work every year <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a good kick as a freelancer yeah um I, I i can't honestly say but i can certainly say that there was um you know essentially there's obviously a, there's a database system that i sat for a good couple of days of just putting in key phrases of trying to find the right piece of commentary because as you can imagine the bbc sport archive is enormous um the early years stuff, the 1930s stuff, when the commentator says, by Jove, that's going in because that just says it. Um, when the commentator in the 60s talks about that new steel-framed racket, that's going in. Um, and when Pat Cash goes... or No, when, when you have... Um, you cannot be serious, that's going in. It's the, it's the, it's the other bits that um, liven it up and, and, and tell that story. Those are the tricky bits. Best of luck with uh, all your entries, uh, Neil, Chris and Bernard. We're going to hear your inspiration in just a minute, the kind of audio that inspires you to make this stuff, uh, but not before I've done a talk-up. Stand by. Uh, last time on the podcast, I promised you news of a new competition. 
And if you've been keeping an eye on the blog at earshotcreative.com, then you will have seen that we've now launched the Hobson's Voice Search 2012. We did that at the Student Radio Conference in Bradford. Now, we wanted to support new, untried talent and also uh, to fuel the future of creative radio. So the Hobson's Voice Search is here to discover and reward new voiceover talent in the UK. The finalists will each be tested in the studio before the winner is decided. And uh, our friend James Stodd from the BBC is going to challenge them to deliver a perfect narrative read for a documentary promo. International production powerhouse Real World will get them voicing some highly produced station imaging and Global Radio will challenge the finalists to voice an ad that really sells for a genuine commercial radio client. You'll be able to hear how they all get on in those tasks here on the Earshot Creative Review later in the year and we'll also be sharing uh, the inner thoughts of the contestants and the judges. It'll be just like MasterChef. Then the outright winner will receive 12 months of professional artist's representation from Hobson's, which is just about as close as you can get to uh, guaranteed work in the voiceover business. The competition is open now. It's free to enter for you or anyone in the UK who's 16 or over and talented. The entry details and the terms and conditions are all at earshotcreative.com. Now, you can only enter once. But you do have until the 30th of June to get that entry in, so there is time to make sure your audio is perfect. Good luck. Is that all right? Mm. It's a great competition. It's great, isn't it? It's a fantastic prize. I like Hobson's. You say that again? (laughs) (laughs) I like Hobson's a lot. Hello. 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 Say hello to hundreds of voice artists who love being part of great radio production at hellohobsons.com. And so we get to the 1% inspiration section of the Earshot Creative Review and hear the audio that inspires our award-nominated producers to make their great stuff. Bernard, what have you got here? Back in, uh, I think it's around 50, 53, 54-ish, there was a duo called uh, Dickie Goodman and Bill Buchanan who started making these, what I guess you'd call cut-and-paste records now, just slicing bits of tape up and making a narrative. Um... And I came across this probably around 13, um, which was taking all the old soul records that my dad used to love and listen to and chopping up into a narrative of a, of a you know, superfly um, news, breaking news kind of uh, thing. And for me, it was, it was that moment where up to this point, music was sacred you didn't go into the the record cabinet you know you, you're better off breaking the best china than going into the record cabinet because dad will take a hand to you um and actually having hearing something that takes it all apart just takes these great bits of audio these great iconic recordings and breaks them up and makes something brand new out of them Interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. Superfly is missing. We now take you to our on-the-spot reporter. I have several witnesses here with me. Sir, when was the last time you saw Superfly? It was the 3rd of September. And you, sir, can you describe the suit Superfly was wearing? Red, yellow, black, white, and brown. And you, sir, who was the last person Superfly was seen with? Mrs. Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. If we need you for any further information, can we call you? Whenever you call me, I'll be there. We take you now to Washington. We're here at the White House. 
the president has an important announcement regarding Superfly. Mr. President, Mr. President, what seems to be the problem? I got ants in my pants and I need to dance. Just arriving at the White House is the man that will risk his neck for brother man. Chair, now that the president has called you into the case, what will you be doing? Chasing women and drinking. Mr. President, what is your opinion of Shaft? This cat Shaft is a bad. Shut your mouth. I see the president and Shaft have gone into the White House. What they do? Mr. President, Mr. President, what are you and Shaft doing in there? Holding hands, making all kinds. That's great, isn't it? Taking all kind of liberties. Yeah, literally, it's it's it was it turned my world upside down. It's all these sacred recordings which you shouldn't touch. And someone had gone in and gone, right, taking that bit, taking that bit. Um, at that point, I had no idea what sampling was, essentially. But if someone could make it, it I guess it's the equivalent of, of imagining someone taking a, a Porsche or a, a Mercedes and being able to slice bits of it up and put it together. Neil, you made the point earlier about recording loads of stuff and then putting it together to create a narrative. But in your case, you've got to remain truthful the piece we've just heard there is a flight of fancy. Yeah, that's a compliance nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, It's a very good point that, um, yeah, taking stuff out of context is a minefield nowadays. I'd love to know how they got the rights clearance on that. I I don't think they did, to be (laughs) honest. It was 1953, was it? (laughs) Yeah, probably a a paycheck to somebody. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fine. We won't follow you up. When I was thinking about what inspired me in radio, I was thinking about the sort of mid-90s, which was the period where... I was getting into radio but also at university and um, really began to think about what grabbed me in radio. You know, Chris Evans was doing radio on breakfast. He was genius. And he's the one person since I've been working at the BBC that I was completely in awe of. But, but Mark and Lard were my people. Fat Harry White. The fact that you had all those in-jokes that were clearly just going back to everything we were saying earlier. Two blokes in a studio just having a laugh every every weekday afternoon and being paid for it um but brilliant at drawing you into their in jokes and not making you feel excluded um because every time they said must get some oil for that door you knew that it was just a stupid gag um but you felt that you were part of it um when you asked me to to bring along something that inspires me right now um the thing that we're about to play is actually by a colleague of mine, Dan Snaith, who's, who's working at Crosstrails, but also, has also done a lot of stuff at Radio 1. Um, this is a crime season promotion that played out only just a few weeks ago. For my money, next year's Sony winner um, for the promo award. If you lay out on the pavement with your face against the curb and ask the street to talk, could you bear to hear a word? The street is weeping now. It's cradled far too many heads. It's lain beneath the final breaths of far too many chests. See, if the street could talk, would it talk of blood and knives? Or would it talk of love and lives lived for kisses snatched on corners? Or would it shake its weary head and say, too many have been slain and still this fight is raging in my name and I'm ashamed? If the streets could talk, what would they say? The Criminal Britain season starts with my murder. The true story of a teenager who fell in love and lost his life. Monday night at nine on BBC Three. And again, that's a case of not just trust a producer, but trust an artist. Get, get an artist in who really chimes with the Radio 1 audience, taking, taking a, quite a deep, hard subject, putting it into street language 
and just saying, can you come up with something that's great? And she did, and it, it works beautifully. I remember hearing that for the first time, and the first time I heard that, I just went, wow, I'm glad that's not up for this year, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it captures everything that campaign needs to. So spot on. It's really well done. Well done, Dan. We'll get you on the podcast before too long, and I'm sure that's not the last we've heard of, uh, of that campaign. Um, Chris yeah. from Surrey and Hampshire's Eagle, what have you brought as your inspiration? Um, well, for my inspiration, I, I uh, thought, as, uh, you know, as particularly as we were all Sony nominees, I looked back at some other uh, Sony nominees, and um, I've always been a fan of some of the production on Absolute since its relaunch. Uh, and I was lucky enough to spend some time there and I worked with Vince, who was there at the time. Um, uh, again, going back to that thing which, 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 which I really like about production is that when it's simple, when it's a clear message and told well. And although the, kind of the thing that I fell in love with radio is about content and people being funny, the, the thing that really inspired me is music. And so this is a very, what I think is, is, is amazing music demonstrator. The recipe for audio enlightenment. Take one teaspoon of this, add a dash of this. A heaping fistful of this. A tinkle of this. Maybe a splash of heat for five seconds. Add seasoning. And voila. Absolute Radio. Discover real music. Yeah, I don't think you can kind of sum up a station music proposition any simpler than that, really. I think you know, every hook in there is recognisable. Um, I'm a massive fan of beat mixing because I think it's a really interesting way of putting across music in a really engaging way for people to listen to. Um, uh, and yeah, and then the, the the script around that about being a recipe, almost like like a mm. like a how to cook something. Um, uh, yeah, it just just works perfectly, and 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 yeah, it really sums up the brand in really simply I love Absolute I, I just think you know firstly I'm a man in my mid 30s with a love of 90s guitar music of course I love Absolute <laughs> but um, the wit as you say the, the quality of the writing on Absolute stuff is phenomenal and to, to mix it with great technical skills I think they do a really great job and great assets I mean it's really about the music so as long as you don't go too far away from the music you, you just maintain that proposition You've, you're onto a winner next time on the Earshot Creative Review we're back in May with another podcast and you'll get a proper presenter next time because Colin Kelly will be hosting uh, in a special edition that's recorded before a live audience at Scotland's Creative Loop Festival I'll be on the panel alongside Paul Tyler and Gavin Pearson from Bower Scotland it should be good. In fact, it will be good because we've already recorded it and it was good. <laughs> uh, that's next time, but for now, from Bernard, Chris, Neil and me, Steve Martin, in Bush House, London, bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.